Thank you, Kelly, very much. We are live, by the way, folks. We are live, live, so you need to know that because a lot of weekend programming is not live, live. But we are, and we're. I'm here to answer your lawn and garden questions. And Jared Taylor is there in the other studio to answer the phones. And uh, we'd love to hear from you right now because I need some phone calls. We start the, uh, the, the slate empty every Saturday, 888-256-1080. Give us a call right now, won't you please? Let's talk about your landscape and your garden, 888-256-1080. We had four and a half inches of rain at our house. I, you know what? There are parts of Texas that have not had four and a half inches of rain in the last two years. And so I apologize for that comment. Uh, it's only to say it came uh, in late afternoon, and then it came back at midnight last night after we'd all gone to bed. We have uh, two little grandchildren with us. Well, they're not little. They're 11 and 9, but uh, two boys, and and uh, they had just barely gone to bed at midnight. My wife was staying downstairs with them, and yakety, 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 yak, and so the whole family is kind of tired today. But I'm here. You'll keep me awake with your calls and with your questions. I'm looking forward to that. It's toll-free 888-256-1080 as we, uh, as we head on into uh, the, uh, the warm-up month of the uh, year, as we head into May next week and uh, well, a week from now, and, and begin to look towards summertime. Let's talk about what plants are coming out, what plants didn't make it, as we're finding out, and how best I can help you. Let me tell you where I am right now, and then we'll get the program underway. Uh, this will save a lot of repetitive questions. Uh, you should know by now if shrubs, certain shrubs, are going to leaf out again or not. If they're going to, they should be doing so by now. Shrubs tell you pretty quickly. And so for most of Texas, Indian hawthorns are not going to come back. If they come back, it's down below the snow line. Uh, I've never used that term in, in referring to gardening in Texas before, but where we had four or five inches of snow, Indian hawthorns survived for the most part, and, and they're green down there and, and, and dead above. If you want to wait on them, you can certainly do that. So that's one option, but most shrubs should be leafing out again by now if they're going to. The bigger the plant, the slower it will be to leaf out. I am not willing to to um, take judgment on crepe myrtles yet. Crepe myrtles will have to wait another few uh, weeks. Uh, not, no, not that long. I'll probably be making some uh, comments uh, in the next uh, four or five days on crepe myrtles. I just uh, posted something on Facebook a couple of days ago about ash trees and the fact that I think, and I, I was talking to Steve Hauser, an arborist of the year for the state of Texas and uh, CEO, president of, and founder of Arborological Services in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. He His team came to work on our trees. And I said, Steve, I don't think some of these ash trees are going to come out. And he said, no, I don't think so either. Um, they're not the best trees in the first place. Uh, most of us would not recommend planting them, and so they're probably not going to come back. So that's ash trees. I'm not willing yet to, we're, we're still probably four to six weeks away from knowing what to advise on the taller palms and on live oaks and red oaks. I was out looking at live oaks this morning, and uh, I live uh, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, specifically in Collin County, McKinney. And I was taking some uh, uh, unused uh, pharmaceuticals, drugs, uh, prescription drugs, to the uh, the, the pickup day today uh, that the uh, DEA puts on once a year, where you can return drugs that you did not 
use for one reason or another. In my case, there's some things I couldn't tolerate. And uh, so I was out driving around, and I was looking at the live oaks and some that have all brown leaves, and here's all kinds of green stuff coming up through them. And at their own rates, uh, live oaks are very independent trees, so don't make any judgment on live oak shit. Don't make any judgment on upright palms because they won't tell you whether they're alive or not until it gets pretty warm. They grow when it's really warm in the, in the late spring and summer. Palm experts will tell you that. So palms and oaks and coming soon to a landscape near you, I'm going to be making some comments on crepe myrtles. One plant I know more about than most plants uh, would be crepe myrtles because I work uh, probably two days a week with the crepe myrtle trails of McKinney. We uh, have a big project that we've been doing for 20 years in McKinney. So that's uh, kind of where we are. But shrubs and ground covers and vines, you ought, to, you ought to know by now whether it's going to make it or not. I will tell you, you get into a garden center and you're going you're gonna to think that they've been plundered because they have been. It may be hard to find exactly what you're looking for. If you don't find what you want, uh, either make sure that the substitute that you choose is something good for your area and something with which you'll be pleased in the long run, or wait until fall. Fall's a great time for planting. You don't have to um, uh, plant something right away unless you're in some crazy HOA that requires it. Crazy in upper letters, case letters. Sorry, I've never lived in an HOA, but I've seen some of their rules. Was that a little judgmental? I think it was. I'm sorry. But uh, anyway, anyway. Uh, but if you can possibly wait and, and find exactly what you want, and if you're willing to do that, that's okay. Everybody understands in this crazy year. Um, what else did I want to tell you? I think that's a good start. I guess going. Let me tell you about my book because I got a call this week that this has been kind of a. It's been kind of a. I think the transmission is going out on this vehicle, kind of a, an experience. And this was a good call. It was from my sales rep with the printer, and he said, "Neil, we've it's costing us some money, but we have redoubled our effort, and we're going to get the books to you sooner than we told you last week." And so they are going to try to get them to me within about eight days, seven or eight or nine days from now. So this offer you're about to hear is about to go away. You need to take advantage of it immediately if you want it. This is Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening, the fifth printing of the book. It's not the fifth edition. It's not significantly different from the other four. If you have one of the other four, you're good. But if you don't have one of the other four, this is absolutely and totally different from the old cowboy boot book. Please don't judge me by the cowboy boot book, which was last touched in 1991. I've done a lot since 1991, and uh, there's a lot more information, a lot more plants, and this book is significantly better. 840 of my photos. That book had, I think, 250 photos. This book is 344 pages. I self-published it so I wouldn't have to work with committees that would be badgering me to keep the cost down. I did what I wanted, and still the cost is down because I self-published. I didn't put it in stores, and I didn't go through distributors. It's 11 chapters that cover every aspect of outdoor gardening in Texas, from landscapes and lawns to flowers, fruit, and vegetable gardening. Chapter 2 is a calendar of when to plant, prune, fertilize, and spray. All the plants that you're trying so hard to grow. It's 48 pages. It's in words. It's not a grid. It's a 48-page text calendar. Four pages per month of when to do those things. 
and then specific chapters on trees, shrubs, vines, ground covers, annuals, perennials, lawns, fruit, and vegetables. Now, the fifth printing will be thirty-six ninety-five plus tax and postage when I get it. Uh, when the when the truck arrives with my first uh, five or six thousand copies. But as a pre-order price, this is kind of an in-production price. I'm discounting it by five dollars. It's only thirty-one ninety-five if you order it today. Now, once I get the delivery, then the price will go up to thirty-six ninety-five. It will never again come back to thirty-one ninety-five. So, if you want that special deal, you have to pay ahead. But you're only paying ahead by a week or 10 days or two weeks at the most. I'll sign your copy. We'll get it mailed right away. I will dedicate all of my time from the time the truck arrives until we get the last books mailed. I'll dedicate it to mailing these to you. Now, this is self-published. It's not in stores, and it will not be on Amazon either. None of the books has been all that time. I guarantee your satisfaction, or I'll refund every penny. We've sold 60,000 of the first four printings. There has not been one request for a refund. That offer has been there all the time. The way to order it is from my website at neilsperry.com, because you can do that right now, N-E-I-L. S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. If you don't order online, you can still order Monday by calling my office, 800-752-4769. That's 800-752-GROW. But remember, you must order immediately for this special price. And the better way is at neilsperry.com. When people think of Mueller, they think of quality steel buildings and durable metal roofing, but that name Mueller means so much more. It means you'll have a product manufactured by Mueller, including in-house engineers, to help design the building of your dreams. It means you'll have a company in business for 90 years standing behind your warranty. And it also means you get tons of added value, such as roofing site visits, forklift delivery, and a Mueller assurance team that's ready to help you along the way. And Mueller is on the cutting edge, designing and manufacturing new products, like their greenhouses and standing seam roofing panels. To find out more about Mueller products, go to MuellerInc.com. That's M-U-E-L-L-E-R-I-N-C.com. Or give them a call at 877-2-MUELLER, the number 2, 877 877- Two six eight three five five three, or you can stop by one of their thirty-three locations. MuellerInc.com because Mueller means more. I'll have more after this message. That's Kelly Robinson, my friend of many, many years. Thank you, Kelly. Let's go to Gary in Lubbock. Our first call up this morning, Gary. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks, Kelly. How can I, I help you? I've got some. Um, probably 50-year-old bushes on the south side of my house, which is the way the driveway faces. And, of course, we were hit by the really, really cold weather. Uh, Most of them are dead, but there's seven bushes. Number one and number seven have a a little bit of growth, so I've decided I'm just going to take them out and put in new bushes. What are some of the gotchas I need to know about in removing the old bushes? Uh, Well, let me... Let me ask a question or two. First, what what are you referring to? You know, I'd, I'd worry about utility lines. I'd worry about uh, television cable. I'd worry about things like that. Is that what you're talking about, or, or what? no? Actually, I'm worried about in 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 my plan. I plan to take a 
electric chainsaw and just cut them at the base, but I know I'm going to have some trouble. That's not removing them. You'll still have the roots there, and they will really get in the way of planting their new plants. The but, new plants that you set out deserve a fair shot at life, and if you have a bunch of old roots sitting there, that's not going. you're not going to be able to rototill and, and work in organic matter and give them good bed preparation before you plant. Oh, I realize that, but yeah. the gotcha that's a I'm huge gotcha. Is, yeah. How, how do I go about removing those, those roots? I mean, what I would do is, can... what I would do is cut the, the old shrubs probably uh, 12 or, or 15 inches above ground, leave enough of a stump that you can uh, hook a uh, heavy duty, heavy duty uh, chain around them. Um, hopefully you're not so far from solid ground or from a driveway or from a, um, uh, the street and you have a, a trailer hitch on a pickup or, or a substantial vehicle and then soak the bed and pull them in a very low gear, pull them out gently. You probably will need to cut some of the roots. If they've been in that long, they're going to have very large roots. You must not put a chainsaw in the ground. It will dull the blade instantly. <laughs> so you may be doing some work with an ax. It's not going to be easy, but that's, that's exactly how, uh, Tens of thousands of shrubs have been taken out across Texas this year. It's it's been a, a tough year for landscape contractors. Okay, I understand. I plan but you have putting... to you have to do that, Gary, to give the new plants any kind of a chance. Yeah. And that's what I thought. So that's kind of it's kind of like painting. You know, you buy a house, and uh, I've done this. When when I was a teenager, my dad bought an old building and, and moved it out to our farm, and. Uh, I, I, my job, and I love painting, my job was to repaint that house, that old building. It had no paint on it. It was just old rough wood. And, and so I put some primer on it, and he came out, and he said, you know, you didn't really sand that, did you? I said, no. And he said, well, we're going to need to start over, and he showed me how. And it's all in the preparation. You have to do that or you don't have a job done. So anyway, I, you didn't call to feel better with this call, did you? And you sure, I surely fulfilled that. <laughs> But, oh, I understand. I, yeah. I thought I'd take some uh, three-quarter ply and cover the lawn and then back the truck up as close as I could to them. Well, the other thing, because you're in a, a part of Texas where it is dry part of the time, that plus if you do it when it's not when you've not had a rain and you just use the hose to supersaturate the bed itself, uh, that can work. Uh, okay. And, and that way the, the wet spot is, is where you need it to be and the dry spot is where you need it to be. Okay. Well, that's how I'll do it. I, I think I'm busy that day. I'd, otherwise, I'd be out there to help you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Good no, luck with it. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Thank you, Gary. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Eric in College Station. Eric, this is Neil. Good morning. Eric? All right. Eric may have left because I did cover palm trees a little bit in my comments, so I guess he's probably gone. What do you think, uh, Jared? All right. Let's go to Beth in College Station. Beth, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm wonderful. How can I help you? Well, I'm actually in Greater Tabor, but... All right. <laughs> I grew up in College Station, so I know Greater Tabor. College Very Station is just, just a suburb. <laughs> right. Um, what I'm calling about is we have a cat claw tree that has not come out, and we're ready to cut it, but I don't want to cut it too soon. Well... Uh, odds are it's not going to come out. There's nothing wrong with waiting another few weeks, but I, we're getting awfully close to a time when I think if it's going to come out, it would have been out by now. 
Um, yeah, they look like they've taken a hit this year. Yeah, they have. A lot of the South Texas uh, trees, uh, Rattamas, uh, Parkinsonia, the uh, Jerusalem thorn, uh, took it pretty badly. Loquats took it badly. All these plants that are marginally hardy in College Station um, got hurt badly. So I think it's just a matter of are you patient enough to wait another two or three or four weeks? And at that point, I don't think that I don't think the results will be any different. Right. But you also will have the peace of mind of knowing that you didn't rush things. Okay. I have one other question for you. Sure. Um, sure. I was at Calvert this week, and I noticed that many of the oaks um, look like they're coming out in spots, but they're mm-hmm. not coming out all over. Um, is that something that you should wait on, or do you think that's Absolutely. Possible? Absolutely. Okay. Strangest phenomenon any of us in the in the uh, horticulture industry have seen, or at least one of the stranger ones. Uh, Schumard red oaks are just king of the hill on that one. They're, they're just bizarre. Here's a branch. Over there's a branch. They, they look like poodles. Uh, right. You know, with, with, with a tuft here and a tuft there. And uh, we're hoping, and, and we're really hoping that they will go ahead and complete the job. A lot of them are. I, I think we may have some loss. And, and part of it, Beth, may be because uh, the trees had some other reason that they were weakened before the, the cold hit. Sure. But like I said at the at the top of the program, we're not ready to make a judgment on oaks. Uh, a, a week ago, I contacted two uh, foresters with the Texas Forest Service and two arborists of the year. That's a, a designation given to one person a year in the state. And all four of those men said it's way early to judge on the oaks. It may be even first of June before we know. And I've I've seen that, especially on live oaks. Uh, They Uh have continued to leaf out. Uh, You look at a at a commercial parking lot, a a shopping center, and there Uh uh, a month ago, uh, out of a hundred trees, there were ninety that were brown. And then the next week there were 70 that were brown, and now there are 10 that are brown, but they're super brown. You say, well, I think they're going to lose those. And you go back the next day, and one or two of them have green leaves showing up in them. It's the strangest thing I've ever witnessed. Right. But, you know, we may lose some, but I don't think it's going to be anywhere near what it, what it looks like even today. Right. Okay. Well, thank you. You betcha. Thanks for the call. Have a great day. All right. That opens up uh, two lines, actually, because we had the one line drop. Let me give you the phone number. It's 888-256-1080. The Texas Lawn and Garden Hour, 888-256-1080. Something very, very nice from Mueller. Your uh, folks at Mueller put out quite a product in the first place, and normally you would expect me to tell you about how great the Mueller product is, but I'm telling you right now how great the Mueller people are. And that's my own comment. I'm about to get into the uh, the public service announcement that they sent me. I just want you to know they're pretty great people. So here comes the announcement. The folks at Mueller are doing it again. For the 13th year, they're giving away a free building to one nonprofit organization right here in the Lone Star State. But this is not just a building. It's a 4,000-square-foot building. Think about 4,000 square feet for a house. That's a huge house. But this is a 4,000-square-foot building to be built by the helping hands of Mueller, dedicated to serve a Texas-sized community. Here's how you enter. Go to MuellerInc.com. Dot com and click on Helping Hand. 
I'll spell Mueller uh, for you in a minute. This is where you can complete a questionnaire about why your organization deserves this blessing. Applications will be accepted until May 18, so you have less than a month left. And uh, for more information on Mueller Steel Buildings and Roofing, visit MuellerInc.com or call 877-268-3553. But go to MuellerInc.com and click on Helping Hand, and you can see some of the other organizations that have won in the past. You can see what those buildings look like. You can begin that questionnaire process and get your not-for-profit entered, because who knows, you might win, and you might be in those pictures for others to see next year. That's Mueller Inc., M-U-E-L-L-E-R-I-N-C, dot com click on helping hand thank you mueller i'll have more after these messages thank you kelly appreciate that i had an interesting thing um we have a lot of bird feeders in our backyard and uh we enjoy watching them we're out in the country we have a, a kind of a woodland behind us with pecans and and red oaks primarily and we have a grandson, Joseph, who stays with us a lot of the time while his mom works. And um, he's been doing homebound studies. Uh, she's asked that that be the case this year and just decided to finish the year out that way. So anyway, he's sitting there at his at, his, at our sunroom table uh, in school with his back to the woods. And uh, during the ice, I was taking photos of the birds at the feeders, and I took one. We have a lot of woodpeckers, different kinds, four or five species. And I saw one that was especially beautiful, and I didn't recognize it, and I got some reasonable photos on my Nikon. But I didn't download them for a month, and I finally did a couple days ago. I was at Wild Birds Unlimited uh, the day before yesterday, and I started to describe this bird that I remembered from a month earlier. And and, uh, mind you, we live uh, in the Blackland Prairie, not in East Texas. And Bertie uh, Miller, Cheryl Miller, the owner of the store in McKinney, said, Neil, I think that's a red-headed woodpecker. They don't come this far west very often. And uh, she showed me a photo, and I said, that's exactly it. It's got the white uh, uh, belt across the tail feathers. And so I got my compact flash card out and downloaded everything, and sure enough, there it is. I put it on Facebook yesterday. Well, that bird was back this morning at the peanut feeder that the Blue Jays use, and he was trying to get himself a peanut. I, I think he succeeded. I'm not sure. They have a harder time because they're used to pecking, not uh, squeezing. But anyway, that is a gorgeous bird, and they, they are in the Piney Woods primarily. A lot of you in, in East Texas uh, see them, but, but we don't in the Dallas-Fort Worth area so much. What a beautiful bird, large woodpecker with a brilliant redhead not not the red-bellied woodpecker that also has a redhead but but the uh, red-headed woodpecker oh my goodness i said boys look they were his cousin was with us overnight last night and i said look out there he's back and he's right there close to you this time so you know you just have to look around to see what uh, is in your in your life you'll really enjoy nature let's go back to the phone lines let's go to lee in pampa lee this is neil good morning hey neil uh yeah i have a problem up here with uh, in the panhill uh i have a little xeriscaping going on and the grass gets up into the red yucca and almost everything that's in that garden and it's just almost impossible to get the grass pulled out of that yucca. And uh, also, it's kind of snaky, you know. Oh. So I, 
Yeah, a little Yikes. rattlesnakey around you. So uh, there used to be a product you could spray on grass, and it didn't kill everything else. It just killed the grass. And I was hoping that you could connect me with that. Well, that product was MSMA, and it was used in turf grass in lawns to kill um, to kill weed grasses and to kill St. Augustine, which you don't have, but uh, when it invaded Bermuda grass, it would not kill the Bermuda grass, which is probably what you have in the red yucca. Yeah, uh, it's but, kind of a wild. Yeah, but but MSMA has been off the market for eight or ten years, so okay. uh, that's not going to be available to you. What I would do, um, I can't see what you have, so I don't know how uh, involved it is, how how uh, overrun it is, but. If you were to use a spray trigger bottle, just a little, uh, like a window cleaner would come in. I mean, you buy the product already mixed and in a bottle that resembles what you would get window cleaner in, uh, glass cleaner. Um, If you bought a, a glyphosate product, just a straight glyphosate, no other weed killer mixed into it, I, I, this makes me so frustrated because I used to be able to say Roundup and, and it would make sense. Well, the people who make Roundup decided we have a great brand name. We're going to use it and put all kinds of other things in the product, and we'll just call it umbrella name Roundup. Well, there are too many other products that also are called Roundup now that uh, I have to tell you the original Roundup that only has glyphosate. Other companies also have glyphosate products, so just look for something where the only active ingredient is glyphosate, and then use a a piece of cardboard or a, p- a little piece of fiberglass or something is a baffle. I'm right-handed, right. so my the bottle goes in my right hand and the baffle goes in my left hand, and I can I can spray right up against uh, anything I want to and, and protect the plants and get the, get the grass out. It works beautifully. Um, it doesn't require the greatest of skill. Uh, this is not tap dancing. <laughs> this is yeah. pretty pretty basic stuff. And uh, don't let all this faulty raw of the lawsuits on on Roundup get you, because that EPA came out on, I think it was April 29 of uh, 2019, and said that doesn't cause cancer. You can find it easily online. It's a bunch of of stuff. Um, And and you're not using it uh, 80 times an hour anyway. So anyway, that, that works beautifully. It does not contaminate the soil. That's the difference. The other products have active ingredients that will go into the ground and go through the roots. Glyphosates do not. So that's what I would do and try to get the worst of it out that way. Um, the uh, and uh, As for the snakes, you're on your own on that one. That's, yeah. yeah, yeah they seem to love those uh, yucca areas, you know. I don't know yeah. why that is, but the ratters like to get up in there. But I heard oh. you talking to a guy over in eastern Panhandle a few weeks ago that had a big bunch of red yucca he was wanting to get trying to dig out or get rid mm-hmm. of it. he was trying to figure and uh i just at that time i thought you know red yucca is so expensive to it charge is. i thought man that guy ought to open a business i thought the same thing i thought the yeah. same thing yeah it's it's beautiful and there are some wonderful introductions of of red yuccas that have come into the market there is a gentleman in arizona who has taken it upon himself to do a lot of breeding and introducing it's a it's a big wholesale nursery and the owner uh, is responsible for bringing some spectacular varieties into the marketplace mm. so they're they're worth trying they sure to bring in the hummingbirds they love yes it. they do yes they do 
Well, I hope that helps. That's that's what I would do because there's no other product that's going to do it for you, and it isn't as as it's tedious, but it's not hard. It's not like pulling those shrubs out of the landscape in Lubbock was about half an hour ago. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. I can tell you have. So thank you, sir. All right, folks, let me uh, catch up on my breaks here. We have Bill and Bowie coming up in just a second with a St. Augustine question. Uh, My book, Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening, in its fifth printing now, and it is literally in its fifth printing. I rather imagine it's probably headed to the bindery right about now, and the bindery is also in San Antonio. I'm having this done in Texas because I don't want it to say printed in some other country if it says Lone Star Gardening on the cover. That would be really weird. Now, this may be the only gardening reference you need. It covers all aspects of gardening for all counties in Texas, Uh, whether your interest is lawns or landscapes, fruit, flower, or vegetable gardening. 344 pages, 840 of my best photographs, 11 chapters. Makes a wonderful gift. It makes a wonderful reference book for you. 48-page calendar. Chapter 2 is a calendar. Every time you change from April to May or May to June, there are four pages for that month telling you what needs to be planted, pruned, fertilized, and sprayed in that month. What is time-sensitive to that month? And then there are specific calen- uh, 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 chapters. Hello? <laughs> There's specific chapters on trees, shrubs, vines, ground covers, annuals, perennials, lawns, fruit, and vegetables. Oh, that's a lot of information. Like I say, 840 photographs to go along with it and more than 25 multi-page charts. Now, this book is totally different from the old cowboy boot book from 1991 or 1982. It's a, I self-published this so I wouldn't have to work with the same publishing house. I, I'm really pleased with this book. I'll sign your copy. I'll get it mailed. They're coming directly to my garage. That's where I will be signing and I hope that I have a chance to sign one for you. It will be thirty-six ninety-five plus tax and postage, but if you order it before they arrive in the next 10 days or so, if you order it right now, I don't know when they're going to arrive, and we'll get the call that the truck is loaded and headed my way from San Antonio. If you order before they arrive, you get it for thirty-one ninety-five. It's not going to be on Amazon. It won't be in stores. Here are the ways you can order. Order at neilsperry.com. That's the better way. N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. Or you can call my office weekdays, 800-752-GROW. 800-752-4769. The better way, though, is at my website, and you can do that right now at N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. I'll look forward to signing your copy. Satisfaction completely guaranteed, or I'll refund every penny. NeilSperry.com, Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. More after these messages. All right, Kelly, let's go to a Bill in Bowie, as we promised you. Let me give you that number one more time, though. It's 888-256-1080. Bill, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, sir. What can I do for you? My question is, uh, do animals graze St. Augustine? I have never been asked that before, Bill. I've been waiting for you to ask me that. I've taken almost half a million calls, and you're the first. <laughs> I don't I, know. I've, I don't I've been know. the first... I've been the first for you before. I'm asking about here <laughs> in kang- Kangaroo. Oh, my gosh. Um... 
I have never had anybody say I'm having trouble with rabbits eating the St. Augustine. You know, people will tell me that on Bermuda grass, but I've never had them say it about St. Augustine. I don't know uh, that I, I don't know that I've ever heard of it being used as a forage grass in pastures. Well, uh, my my concern would be uh, that it might harm these animals. Um, but, I don't I don't know why it would grasses well grasses can my dad worked in that field at uh a&m and i know that some grasses did at certain times johnson grass certainly does after freeze um i'm just going to enter a quick uh question here just to see if st augustine's ever used as a forage grass this is going to cause my uh computer to blow up because that's a word it's never seen me enter before <laughs> i don't work in agronomy st augustine is generally used as a pasture grass hay or silage very helpful in providing ground cover under trees erosion seashores well that's not that immediately took us off course to turf grass um everything i see takes us uh, back to turf grass that's how i would okay. find out I love your question. It makes my brain it makes my brain work for a change. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Yeah, it wakes me up. It's a good yeah, thing. There you go. I'll see what I can find and I don't know okay. how I'm gonna get word back to you. I'll I'll send it up in smoke signals. All right, sounds good. <laughs> it's a good question. It's a great well, question. Uh I I more my, my concern more is is basically is it if it would harm my more than anything, yeah. Harm what animal? I didn't. I didn't or whatever. I didn't hear what animal. Say it again, Bill. I didn't hear what animal you were worried about. Uh, kangaroos. Oh, the kangaroos. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're on the. Uh, that's right. You did mention the kangaroos. Um, yeah. I am. Uh, I am really now. <laughs> I'll I'll see what I can find. You know what I think I'm going to refer you to is probably a veterinarian. Um, okay. But you know this is the time of the of the World Wide Web, and I will I will see what I can find uh, out of Australia. Australia has a very active. I have an hour before I do another radio program, and I now know what I'm going to do while I eat my pimento cheese sandwich. Well, if, if you if you call me if you call me on KLIF at one o'clock, I will have an answer for you. I'll do that. I know you will. I, I now Hi. trust that you will. I appreciate it. Thank you. You're wonderful. I love this. Take care. All right, folks, I need to put another break together here. And, oh, my goodness, I have a bunch of calls ahead of me. Let me quickly do this. My electronic newsletter is eGardens, eGardens. And it is free. It's Thursday nights. You sign up for it at my website, which is where you buy my book, same same website I just gave you, neilsperry.com. You can see what eGardens looks like by going there. It's uh, at neilsperry, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. Uh, the most recent issue of eGardens is sitting there waiting for you, and the sign-up is right there. Five stories, always a featured plant of the week, always a featured question of the week. This time we had three questions of the week because there were three that have come up repetitively, and always gardening this weekend, things you need to do in your landscape and garden this week. 
And uh, this week was dictated by the cold that came in on Wednesday morning. So that's Neil Sperry's eGardens. Look at it at neilsperry.com. And I hope you'll sign up for it. We have about 73,000 people. It's free and always will be, and I'll never give or sell your email address to anybody. Not going to happen. Seems like these days, temporary storage facilities are on every street corner. But let's do a little bit of math. For what you're paying in yearly costs for that storage room, you could own your own metal storage building right in your own backyard. That's with a Mueller backyard building. Now, you'd be a lot more proud of a Mueller backyard building than you would a rented storage room somewhere. Their backyard building kits are easy to assemble with bolt-together design, and they're priced right because you keep your stuff at home and you're not throwing money away by leasing storage. Their kits come in a variety of sizes and more than 30 colors from which to choose, adding style to your storage space. If you need a larger storage solution, Mueller's pre-engineered standard series buildings can accommodate almost any need. Whether it's a smaller place for a lawnmower, a place for cars, boats, or even an RV, you can have peace of mind that a Mueller metal building will protect those treasures at a reasonable price. See all the options at MuellerInc.com or give them a call at 877-2-MUELLER to find a location near you. That's M-U-E-L-L-E-R, MuellerInc.com, and the phone number is 877-268-3553. Mueller, made in America and made to last. I'll have more after this message. All right, Kelly, thank you very much. Let's go to Pat and College Station. I'm going to try to get through these calls, do my best. Pat, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning, Neil. This is Pat. And uh, uh, I know I'm, I'm, I'm going to be talking about trimming crepe myrtles here, so this is a, I know it's a delicate subject for you. But uh, I have two two varieties of crepe myrtles, one of which is uh, 15 to 20 feet tall. They have flushed out. But then another variety that is uh, oh somewhere around 10 feet tall, they are coming out at the ground. Uh, there's a couple of them. I've got about 16 of these, so this is the what question. Is, what is that variety? You know, I don't know. They're a... They're a, uh, a pinkish colored i could no that's okay they, they, I, I i would need to know the name uh some of the some of the native american tribal names that dr don egoff uh, bred at the united states national arboretum uh, had legerstromia forii in them and they are tender and they did freeze uh what you're probably going to have to do i'm giving you the really quick answer uh is you're probably going to end up having to prune those back to to retrain that that growth from the base uh, as I mentioned at the beginning of the program, I'm not ready to declare that yet. Um, I will, if you're on Facebook, I will have a post on Facebook sometime in the next week as to how to handle crepe myrtles that have been frozen in various uh, degrees. Uh, some will be frozen to the ground. We have about 40,000 crepe myrtles planted in the city of McKinney as a part of our crepe myrtle trails of McKinney. And some will have to be trimmed back to the ground and retrained, and some are fine, and some are in between. And I'll show the various things and, and spend a lot of time in detail. If you go to crepemyrtletrails.org, I wrote all the information there on uh, basic care and pruning, and you can see what you would need to do to retrain them. That's probably what you'll have to do to those. Okay. All right. I appreciate yeah. your help. C-R-A-P-E, crepemyrtletrails.org. 
And uh, But if you're on Facebook, I'll be going through a lot of detail. I've just asked people to wait on crepe myrtles until we can have a better determination. We're still not sure. Uh, there's a huge difference in how they look now from five days ago. It's just they're really unfolding day by day. But the fact that those have the strong uh, regrowth is what uh, what is the clue. So anyway, um, I alluded to this earlier uh, to Carolyn and John. I do have a program on uh, the Dallas-Fort Worth station uh, this afternoon. You can see it on my website if you want to join me there. Uh, it's not fair to my uh, affiliates who carry this program to start calling out call letters, but you're welcome to join me there. To uh, Jared Taylor, nice job on running this program. To all of you, happy gardening. <laughs>